Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And as always, we got a great show for you today because we've got great artists that come on, and we're excited to have Levi on. We've met him through a friend of ours, and although he picked up the guitar a little later than most people, he still has an interesting story. So we're excited to bring him to you. So Levi, are you here? Yes, sir. Yes, so sir. How are nice things to, going? Nice to be on the air with you. All. Oh, it's well, we going pretty it. good. It's going pretty good. Just uh, been in quarantine mode here lately. Just about like everybody else in the world. But um, just trying to make the best out of it. Practicing as mm-hmm. much as we can and writing new songs. That's important right now. I, I, have you written any Corona songs? <laughs> <laughs> no. I've had a few people though tell me I need to, and I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I could. I don't know how I could do it without making it real cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes the cheesy ones are what makes um, go viral, and then that gets you popular. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so oh, as we yeah. get started here, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and a brief overview of you. Um, well, I'm I'm Levi Pilkington. Uh, my stage name, I guess, is, is, uh, is well, all my friends call me Leroy. I'm from Marshall, Texas, which is a it's a small little town in East Texas. Um, all growing up, I played baseball and in high school, and you know, and all other kinds of stuff. And then, basically, after baseball was over with, I started taking interest in the music and mm-hmm. got a band, started playing some shows, and we put out an album. So. Wow! So you started a little later than most people, huh? Yes, sir. I, you know, I've always, I always liked singing and stuff when I was a kid, but I kind of just never really paid no attention to it. But mm-hmm. um, I guess when I was about nineteen, I just graduated high school a year before, and I was just bored one day, so I went and bought a guitar from a pawn shop and learned how to play "Ring of Fire" by Johnny Cash, and then I just started. <laughs> oh wow! Just started going. Just started going from there. <laughs> If you're gonna re- if you're going to learn a song, the song to learn, right? <laughs> oh yeah, most definitely. <laughs> oh yeah. So I, so I take it you're a big Johnny Cash fan. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, you know, I've um, he was one of my early inspirations for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a lot of different inspirations from all different types of genres, but um, mm-hmm. Johnny was one of the he was one of the early inspirations. I. I watched that movie, Walk the Line, and for some reason that made me a huge Johnny Cash fan. <laughs> you know, what's funny is we actually watched that the other the other night. We, we ended up with like five hours sleep because we turned the movie on at like 12 a.m. And, and it was like two and a half hour movie. But we were sucked in it so much. We could we had to finish it. I couldn't just pause it and then we'll finish it tomorrow. Oh, we had to. We finished oh, it. Oh yes, that's true. It was it was such a good movie. Yeah, we turned it on at like twelve a.m. But but we had to finish it. So we were up till two thirty three a.m. And some of the coolest parts for us was when um, June Carter was introducing her daughter Carlene. To Johnny yeah, and other people. Yeah, talking about Carlene. Be- because mm-hmm. yeah. because we inter- we interviewed Carlene Carter on the show. We, we did. Oh, really? so, so pretty cool. <laughs> so, so that was pretty cool. Every time they mentioned Carlene, ah, we interviewed her. <laughs> yeah. 
and but yeah, that was a really cool. Uh, of course, you don't know how much is real and how much is fake, but it was definitely an interesting story. And one thing that we've learned about Johnny Cash that most people don't know is that he never went to prison. But yeah. Everybody thinks oh, yeah, he went to prison. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I thought he did too until I seen that movie, and um, yeah. he had that scene where he went to jail or something. Yeah. And his dad told him, well, "Now you ain't got to convince people that you went to jail." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I remember um, we watched that eight-hour yeah. miniseries called Country Music. A sixteen-hour, yeah, eight parts. Yes, that's right. Sixteen hours. That's right. Eight parts. Sixteen hours, and and it was really amazing through the history of country music. But they talked mm-hmm. about that that Johnny Johnny never went. To prison, but um, he inspired somebody who was in prison. Who was um, he was on the edge of. Um, he was um, always wanting to break out of prison, and everywhere he's been, he broke out. And there was a gang of people that was going to break out mm-hmm. of the prison, and they told him, "No, don't come with us. You've got that voice. Do your time. You got a future. We don't." So they made him stay. And then Johnny comes in and does his thing, and that person that 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 was was Merle Haggard. Oh wow! Yeah. So, wow, that's so it's amazing so what I, music can do. Johnny inspired Merle to stay to get straight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I guess that song um, "Mama Tried" is probably a true story. Then. Started yeah. Twenty-one in prison. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was wow, definitely interesting. That. That, yeah, that's you know, really cool. If you ever see a miniseries, I forget who who it was by, but it was eight uh, parts, Ken two Burns. hours. Yeah, Ken Burns. That's yeah, right. Ken Burns. The country it's music by country Ken music. Burns. Mm-hmm. You need to watch it. It's it's it yes, the sir. history of it. And one of the things that we learned, because you know, a lot of people in this day and time, when they look at like um, Luke Bryan and Sam Hunt and Florida Georgia Line. You always see people say, well, they're not country. Here's something we learned. Because um, they always say, well, they're not Johnny Cash. They're not Merle Haggard. They're, you know, when you watch an eight-part miniseries, they actually um, – they were not country either from the generation before them. Oh, yeah. Every they were different. They it's funny. Every generation that comes up that has, has the past generation say they're not country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that not crazy? I've actually, I've had some people on some of my social media before, um, mm-hmm. comment something on my, you know, on my post about, oh, uh, you know, this ain't real country or something, and you know, I normally just bat them on by, you know, don't even pay them attention. <laughs> yeah. But one day, I, I finally commented somebody back, mm-hmm. man, if you don't like my music, you know, that's that's totally fine, that's your opinion, but what do you mean by this isn't real country? And he starts saying, well, you know, this ain't like. Um, Johnny Cash, yada 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 yada, and all that. I told him, I said, mm-hmm. man, I said, trust me, I'm 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 a bigger traditional country fan than anybody. I said, but man, you also got to realize I'm making I'm making music in 2020, not 1965. You know, I mean, there's a yeah. big difference in technology. I mean, there's a big difference in the mm-hmm. way people live nowadays. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's a completely different age of time. Most definitely, um, and that doesn't mean it's and, not. That doesn't mean it's not real country music. That just means that it's not from the mid 1900s. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it's not. And although Johnny's great, but just that style won't work in this day and time. I mean, now, granted, oh, no. Chris, Stap- 
Chris Stapleton's done a great job of trying to combine modern with traditional. Yeah, he's pulled yeah. that. He's done a great job pulling that together. But purely Johnny Cash, purely Merle, back from back back in the day, you're just not going to. And I mean, the Ring of Fire. I mean, I bet in its day and time, I bet people said that's not country because that has a more of a modern sound. Sound yeah, for those times. Yeah, and trumpets in it and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know that he got flack for that one back then from the critics, so-called <laughs> yeah. critics. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, <clears throat> so what are some hobbies you like Because it's all about balance And I think sometimes people can get out of balance So we always like to go with Some fluff fluff type stuff too What are some hobbies you like to do outside of music You know um, I work for I work for my dad And his and mm-hmm. his company It's a, constru- it's a con- uh, construction company And you know this might sound Kind of whatever But I, I really actually enjoy my job working mm-hmm. so I enjoy mm-hmm. I, you know I enjoy getting to work outside and doing all that kind of stuff but I also like to you know just like any other country boy I like to hunt um mm-hmm. love hanging out with my friends I love going on four-wheeler rides really love watching sports um so yeah I pretty you know just the uh, just the just your normal normal um southern kid I guess you know I just love to be outside <laughs> and and love to spend time with friends and family yeah. And yeah. You know, during this quarantine time at first I was kind of not saying ready, but it was kind mm-hmm. of nice to get a little bit of a break from music for about the first couple of weeks, but you yeah. know, now I've had just a little bit too much. <laughs> too much time <laughs> with family. <laughs> They're like, Let's get out definitely, there. Yeah, definitely ready to get back on stage, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> just so, about like everybody well, else. Just every so mm-hmm. when you first got on stage, did did you have that what they call that stage bug where you just knew? Oh man, uh, first time I got what on was stage, that like? hmm, it, it, <laughs> it was about like going up. It, this is about what it felt like to me. Mm-hmm. Going in front of the class in third grade on the spelling bee, and then your teacher telling <laughs> you to spell something that you knew you didn't know how to spell. That's about what it felt like <laughs> to me. I was so nervous. I was so nervous, but as time grew, as time went on, I slowly but surely, you know, I got to where I turned that nervousness more into just, not, you know, not, not cocky but confident. Yeah, to your passion. You know, now, yeah. Oh yeah. Now you know, I get up there and I, you know, it. it you've got to learn how to interact with the crowd. You got to learn how to move up there. I mean, you mm-hmm. just got to learn how to put on a show that you know you just. You just don't, people just don't naturally have that. You have to learn, you know, just from experience, yeah. really. And, and, um, so, you know, yeah, now, now it's just like, you know, like, like, like a lot of, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, there's no, there's not any kind of buzz you can get like getting in front of, you know, 500, mm-hmm. 600, 1,000 people and, and playing a show, you know, and, and especially mm-hmm. when the crowd's going wild, you know, that's just the best feeling in the world. But, if you'd asked me two and a half years ago, I'd have told you that it's the scariest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny about that is back about 15 years ago, um, <clears throat> I got – Sandy and I were were um, helping a, a group called the Young Professionals of Savannah get off the ground. <clears throat> we were kind of – and, of course, back then I was actually a young professional. Um, I'm kind of aged out of that now. <laughs> 
But um, <laughs> but they they wanted three people to to come up and just give a five minute speech on, and it was your choice, whatever you wanted to talk about, and to kick kick the night off. So I was like, I, I, I'll I'll do it. <clears throat> I learned a couple lessons that night. Um, one, my first lesson I learned was don't change what you're going to say. Big lesson. <laughs> Huge lesson. Yes. Lesson yeah. two. <laughs> lesson two. Don't make your first speech in front of 250 to 300 people. No, Big lesson. I, would, yeah, I, would. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that either. <laughs> so here it was. They called me up. Now, now it was only going to be five minutes. It wasn't like it was 20 minutes, 30 minutes, five minutes. And what I was going to say really was telling parts of my story, a quick five-minute overview of me. So I should have this, right? So I get up there with my notes, and my hand is shaking so bad I can't see my paper. A little problem there. I can't read nothing. My hand. So I thought, no big deal. I'll put it on the podium, and I can read it from there. I could glance at my notes. And I'm a short guy, but the podium was down to my waist. So there, that was out the question. So I was like, so then all I could think about is, okay, I know my story. I'll just wing it. Problem. Mm-hmm. I open my mouth and nothing come out. Now, I'm literally in front of 300 professionals and nothing's coming. I'm, my mouth is moving. Yeah, but nothing's coming out. And Sandy told me later that she was like freaking because she, she couldn't help me, but she was on the mm-hmm. front row not knowing what to do. And all I could think about in, in that moment, that was a defining moment in my life. I have to finish this no matter what because I knew if I walked off the stage, I'd probably never speak in my life again. That I knew that was a defining moment. I just had to get through it. I just didn't know how. And about a minute in and yes, they had to put up with me for a minute or or maybe a little height more than that. Mm. <laughs> Not a minute yeah. in. So I, who, who knows how long they felt like it was? But for me, it felt like an it hour. It felt like a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm there. I take a deep breath and I say the first thing that comes to my mind, and it could have been anything. That at that point, I was willing to say whatever's on my mind. <laughs> I didn't care. Um, but the first thing that came to my mind was. I took a deep breath, and I said, if y'all get nothing else out of this tonight, at least you get a good laugh. The whole crowd <laughs> laughed. And when they mm-hmm. laughed, I was able to breathe. And I nailed the rest. But, it was, but I, that was a defining moment in my life. Yeah. Have you had any defining moments kind of like that where you had to do something, you were so scared? Was it, was it that, you, for that, that first one that, that, that you were talking about too? Is that kind of like a defining moment? Yes, sir. Um, that that was the first time I got on stage with 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 a uh, with another band. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't it wasn't I didn't have a band at that point in time. They just let me come up there and sing and and I play my guitar with them for a little bit. But my main, I wouldn't call it just like one specific moment, but the main thing yeah. that really that really made me have to work and really made me have to have to take in a lot of knowledge at once about music was. My first band that I had when we first, I mean, I was six months into learning how to play. Um, mm-hmm. It's not the band I have now, but it was it was just some friends from high school. We had a band together. Well, you know, we had kind of planned on, oh, yeah, you know, in a few months we'll, we'll try to get our first gig, you know, and mm-hmm. just take our time pretty much. Mm-hmm. Well, 
we didn't have the band together but for two weeks and we had people calling us left and right wanting us to come play shows. No and, way. Um, yeah, yeah. And we didn't know we did not know four hours worth of material, you know, to play a normal normal <laughs> show. So yeah. we came over we came over to my house in my garage <clears throat> every day for about a week before because they called us and it was like we want you to come play this weekend and we had five days. Mm-hmm. So we came over to my shop every day for a week, and you know we all had work the next morning and everything, and we would stay up for hours just learning songs, learning songs as a band, learning songs, learning songs, and then finally when that Saturday night came, uh-huh. we had just enough material to get through the whole night and, and not have to repeat songs <laughs> or nothing like that, and that was <laughs> oh wow. I, to this day, I, that's probably where I learned a good. 30% of the songs that I know, that's probably when I learned them because we learned <laughs> in a week's time. As a, you know, and it's different learning it just one person, but learning it with for three people, you know, a full band. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we learned probably 40 songs that week, and that was just, I mean, oh, that was wow. just insane because we were all we were all newbies. Now, they might not have sounded the best, you know, <laughs> but uh, so we, we went, we got through the night, though, but that was, you know, that was a real kind of eye-opening moment for me as far as yeah. you know how hard you have to work in this industry mm-hmm. um you know people people think that you know people are just wake up one day and they can you know they can sing like a bird or you know sing like george Strait. well you know that's not you know that's not <laughs> that's not even close to being <laughs> true you know i mean it's you've got to definitely you've got to go you know you've got to go through the grind and you've got to i mean just like mm-hmm. any any other profession you know you have to work at it yep. it's, it's not going to just end up you know it's not just going to end up in your lap for sure and and we'll talk but. about that part you know about the work the the sacrifice we'll we'll actually be discussing that in a little bit later in the show too cuz i want to hit that side of it cuz we always love to hear that side of it but mm-hmm. what drives you right now what keeps you going um, you know, right now, I just, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of a tricky question in a way. I I just mm-hmm. really like, you know, I just really like making music. Um, <laughs> I had a, you know, what really kind of gave me some momentum in a way is, you know, I, I used to have this, this, uh, this boy is my best friend, and you know I'm, I'm not trying to give y'all some, you know, some sad story or nothing like that, but it's the truth. I had a best friend that, you know, he tragically passed away, and one of one of my songs on my on my album was actually dedicated to him. And um, you know, he he passed away last year in October, so it was about six six seven months ago. And whenever that happened. Um, you know, I really just started driving, and and you know, I didn't I didn't want to do anything but make music because I didn't want to. You know, I, I, it, it just made me feel better. And yeah. um, you know, really the past seven months, you know, is when everything. You know, we started getting really busy as a band. Um, um, we you know we hooked up with our radio promoter that got our you know got our song to the radio. We started hitting the charts. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, everything just kind of started falling together like it should be, and. You know, I, I, you know, I just, ever since then, you know, that's kind of been my motivation because, you know, we used to always, you know, as kids, you know, because I've known since I was a kid, um, mm-hmm. you know how it is, you know, you talk to your friends and, 
especially when you start doing something like music, you know, they tell you that, oh, yeah, you know, whenever you make it big, you know, you, I'm going to be right there with you, man, at all your shows, you know, <laughs> yeah. just, just that kind of, yeah. you know what I mean, just that yeah. kind of thing just drives you and makes you, it makes you just want to give it the best, you know, give it all you've got. Yeah. You're kind of living for him a little bit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Since exactly. he couldn't live, you're going, since he couldn't live, you're going to give it your all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So when you look back on um, your career so far, um, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? You know, there was this um, there was this thing that went on um, at, a, at a town pretty close to mine back in October. Actually, it was a couple it was a couple months before my my buddy had passed, and it was this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was this International Texas Country Music Awards, and you think International Texas Country Music? Well, what it was <laughs> is there's these there's these country singers from all over the world, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, from from Africa to uh, Mexico, from Europe. I mean, and they all come. It's like this little country music awards show that they hold in Texas for international singers. Well, I got invited to it. As a local, as a local singer, you know, I was the only person from the United States that could play at this thing, and oh, um, wow. and um, anyway, that was that was extremely cool to me because I got to play and and play with and meet, you know, all these different country music singers from all over the world, and you know, people in the United States might not really even know who they are, but you go over to Africa, and uh-huh. you know what I mean, they might have. 40,000, 50,000 fans, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you, oh, wow. you would never believe that country music's that big in that part of the world, but but it is. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so that's one of the, that's one of the things that, um, you mm-hmm. know, that I, I thought was really cool that I got to do. Um, just and, every, <clears throat> every benefit and every kind of big mm-hmm. festival, I say big festival, I've never really played a big festival, but. <laughs> Every kind of, I guess, benefit and big event that goes mm-hmm. on that I've mm-hmm. been able to play, you know, that's just really cool to me because that's whenever the most people are going to be there. That's whenever, you know, you get to meet most of the other, you know, musicians that are in the same area mm-hmm. as you. So oh, those wow. are always my yeah. favorite. That's cool. Now, you know, I always like to talk about some of the highs, but I also like to flip the script and we go the other way. Because <clears throat> I think a lot of times um, – a lot of people don't really talk about that. So the fans, all they see is the highs, highs, highs. They don't really see what it takes to be a music person. They don't because the average person just does not understand this. So this is where I want this to go up. Tell a small story and then we'll go there. Um, back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. At that time, they were full time with music. One of my questions to them was. Was to Allison was, what advice would you give an up and coming artist? Her words were, "This is going to sound funny coming from someone full time." She goes, "But if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby." She goes, "Because once you go full time, yes, this is still your passion, but it's also now your job." She goes, "You could have the worst day ever today, but if you got a gig tonight, you got to get on that." you got to get on that stage like it's your best day. It doesn't matter what happened the day of. It does not matter. you still got to wear that mask to 
to show people you're excited, you're excited to be there, even if you're not. And she said sometimes, even though it's your passion, you do it so much that sometimes it becomes a rut because, again, now it's your job. She goes, the sacrifices that they have to make, they have to eat different than your average person so that they have the energy to get through. They have to sleep different because they have to have the energy to get through the four hours of of that. And she said their families have to sacrifice, not just them, but the whole family sacrifice some. She says, but if your heart won't allow you to do anything outside of music, go all in because that's the only way that those type of sacrifices are going to be worth it. What do you think about what she said? And let's talk about that side of it a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I really, I really do agree with, with, you know, with, with a lot of what she said, if not all of it, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, as of right now, you know, I, I call it as I have two full-time jobs, music being one of them, <laughs> working a construction crew is the other. Exactly. And as, yeah. as you could guess, you know, it, it does get very, very tiring. You know, you go from mm-hmm. working 60 hours in a work week out in the sun and, you know, and and and, and just doing labor pretty much, mm-hmm. um, 12 hours a day, Monday through Friday, and then you got practice in the evening, you know, a couple times a week after work. And not only not only that, but every day after work, on days you don't have band practice, you practice yourself, you know. Yeah. And then Friday night and Saturday night, you go and play a show, and you don't get in bed till three o'clock in the morning. And then Monday, you, know, you get Sunday off. You might get Sunday off, or like, for instance, today later in the afternoon, we're gonna have we're gonna have band practice, or you might, you know, you see what I'm saying, you might have practice Sunday. Yeah. And then Monday it starts all over again. So, you know, it's definitely tiring. And I was just about to get to the point before all this coronavirus started to where I was going to have to make a decision to either completely do music full-time because it was getting so busy mm-hmm. or just keep doing what I was yeah. doing. And, you know, um, you know, I obviously was going to choose to, to do my music full-time because that's my passion <laughs> and that's what I want to do. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. but now since all this came about, you know, I really don't, yep. really don't know when that, time. when that time is going to come again. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, I agree with her 100%. I mean, if you're if – you're, if your heart's into it, you've got to give mm-hmm. everything. You've got to give it all you can give it. I mean, you can't just – you've got to be smart about it, though. I mean, you can't just work yeah. yourself like a dog and, and exactly. make yourself sick of it or, or, you know, or overdo it. But you've just got to have that right balance, you know. You've got to treat it like mm-hmm. – you got to treat it like a job as far as, you know, you got to make sure that you're constantly getting getting your stuff done and taking care mm-hmm. of business and um, practicing like you should be um, – Staying in shape, like she had mentioned, that's people don't realize that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and especially you know, when you and I'm glad you were talking about that um, about that you was going to make that decision. I think you was going right, to make the right decision. And here's something that I create every time, you know, and I'm sure you've heard this before. So there's so many people out there that will say um, that artists just need to go get a real job. And I have to stop people sometimes and tell them, don't tell an artist they need a real job. They've got something better. They've got a passion to live for. And here's what a real job can do to people. I've got, a, I've got friends that when you sit down with them, they're miserable. And I'm not saying all friends, but there are some. There's a handful of friends that you sit down and they're miserable. And you ask them, you know, well, what's wrong? Because you know, you're like, well, man, you've got this great lifestyle. You've got this great um, family. 
you got this awesome career, and several will stop you and say that's the problem. What do you mean? You went to six. You went to college for this career. How is that the problem? They're like, no, I really never wanted this career. My parents pushed me this way. My friends pushed me this way. My guidance counselors in high school pushed me. So everybody kept saying, this is where the money's at. And now they're like, I've got the money, but I'm miserable because that's not what I was supposed to do. So, so instead yeah. of living their passion, they went for the money because everybody in their family told them that's where you need to go. And now, 15 years later, they're cheating on their wives. They're, <clears throat> out, they're drinking up a storm. They're just killing their whole life all because people led them in a way that did not fit with who they are. You know, that's something that speaks to me because that was what I was looking for earlier when you asked for what one of my motivation mm-hmm. uh one of my motivation points mm-hmm. were for me. That is the per that is a perfect example. You know, I've never um and I, I was a great student in school, you know, I, I think mm-hmm. at least, but I never was the kid that wanted to just spend six years in college to go do something. Um mm-hmm. You know, I went to college for two years. Uh, I got out. I started working for my dad, which I was working for my dad the whole time I was in college, too. But, you know, you go out there in in 100-degree weather for 12 hours a day during the summertime, five days a week, you you really start to think, like, you know, time to to work in an office. But at the same time, this right here can get old, you know. um, You know, that's really – that really – you know, I don't want to be – the main thing is, you know, you, you hear it about athletes all the time. You hear it about musicians all the time that were really good, but they just, for some reason, just put it all aside just to try to search for the quote unquote real job people always talk about. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. 20 years down the road, you know, they're in their forties and they're sitting there and you know, you're sitting there talking to them. And they always say the same thing. Yeah, man. I wonder yep. what could have happened if I would have tried, yep. you know, and I, I just, yep. I've never wanted that to be me. I've never wanted to have that doubt. Um, yeah. That's I mean, if like, I don't, um, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I was just saying, like, you know, if I don't, you know, if nothing ever really happens out of my music as far as you know getting any bigger, well, you know, at least I want to know that I tried my best, you know, because exactly. then you don't have any regret. <laughs> and, and see, I can. We almost had a regret because um, we originally launched New Country Buzz back in 2014, and um, we end up. Um, shutting it down in 2015 but before we shut it down we got to interview kelsey ballerini before she became big and um all that and um so that was pretty cool to know um to know where she's at now but we end up shutting it down at the end of 2000 piece of my heart left me at that point and we shut it down for three years but it was like every six months i would go because i even let go of the domain new country buzz and all that i mean i was i was through and we would go back every six months it would pop in my head about this, and I would go look up the domain, and up, oh, still available. Nobody's bought it. For some reason, I just would not buy it because I was through. And then every six months I did that, and by the end of 2018, I told Sandy, I, I can't take this no more. I would rather fail at the end of the day than the, than the wonder this what if, because I've got this what if. What if we'd have continued? What if we'd have kept going? What, 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 what could have happened? So I was like, we need to relaunch and just finish what we started. And that was in the end of 2018, and, here, and we had no idea that we built the foundation in 2019 of New Country Buzz. Then end of 2018, we, uh, I mean 19, last year, we decided, you know what? It's time to go to the next level to do a show. 
And Sandy was like, well, what name would we do? I was like, well, the Chris and Sandy show, you know, what's wrong with that? And she's like, would people really listen? Because they don't know who we are. And I'm like, well, work for Bobby Bones, works for Ty Bentley. We're just as good as they are, you know? Uh, yeah. We're, you know, <laughs> God is no respecter to man, you know? So so here we are with a show, and you're now our, like, 86th show since January 3rd. Yes, sir. But it was yeah. one of them things yes, that you just said. I did not want to live with what if. Yes, sir. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I mean, you, you know, and, and um, I mean, that, that you know, that, that goes with, with you know, with with like I said, even outside of the music industry, you know, there's people that um, you know, that might have wanted to start their own business, or might have mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, just do just do anything, and you know, if if you don't follow your dream and follow your heart, well, then it's always going to haunt you. I mean, yeah, I hope that definitely. You know, and and um, especially in something like music, you know, <laughs> I have a ba- you know, my bass player in my band is getting mm-hmm. close to 70 years old. He's played since he was a teenager, you know. Wow. Um, he's played with Doug Stone. He's played with Glenn Campbell. Um, wow. He's been on three major labels with three different bands, so he's done it all, you know. And he told mm-hmm. me at 68 years old, he still can't get rid of that musician's bug in his belly. He still... <laughs> Thinks about the next time he's going to get on stage and just has the time of his life. He said, "Once you, once you get hooked being a musician, you just, you just, it just doesn't go away. There's nothing you can do about it. It's, it's there. And yeah, um, if you try exactly. to run away from it, it's going to stay. It's going to stay in your mind. You know, it's going to haunt and, you. Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and um, this, and this perfect place for we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to play your song, Kick It, and then we're going to talk about that. How's that sound? Okay, sounds good. Yes, sir, sounds right, good. Stay, stay on the line, and then we'll see you in a couple minutes. All right. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. I just got off work and my boss is a jerk and I'm headed for your house. Got moonshine from old Billy and Bob and you know it's ice down. Not a thing in the world could ruin this date I planned for me and you. When the neato sit on stagecoach, we'll know what to do. It's a back road riding, John party cranking. Daylight sun and girl, that's 
the party that just got started I'll walk up with your hand They say, damn Leroy, where'd you get this hottie? Congratulations, man We ditched the scene and let the diesel scream To a pasture somewhere Pop a tailgate down and put a blanket out And give them stars a stare It's a back road ride and John Barr's cranking Texas kind of night But, um, 
But yeah, that first song though, because that was the first song I ever wrote, "Kick It." No and, um, <laughs> It was it was pretty wild. I, I when I got through writing it, I was thinking, man, this sounds like it could you know it could be a hit, you know, and it sounds like it could <laughs> never in a million years would I have dreamed that it'd actually be on the radio. <laughs> never. <laughs> so that's definitely that definitely Thank was you. really really cool. Now, one thing we like to do different than a lot of other hosts is, um, as you know, when when fans see you, they see you. But they don't see your team from your PR people to managers and stuff that are around you. And, and it really takes a team to make you who you are. You can't do it alone. So tell us a little bit about who your team is so that people can know the behind-the-scenes people. Okay, so my, my radio promoter, is Miss Jennifer Redding. She is uh mm. does a lot of um a lot of radio promotion in Texas and she was really the first person that I kind of met and this was around the end of two thousand nineteen. She was really the first person I kinda of met that I put on my team. And mm. um since then she showed me um the lady that does my management for me and a lot of my social media work, uh Miss Paula Burns. She hooked me up with Paula and, you know, and me and, you know, I, I love I love Paula to death. You know, we work really good. Yeah, she awesome. helps me out a lot. And, um, you know, she helps me out a lot and does everything she can for me. And that's just, you know, it's just good people to have on your team. But yeah. um, as of right now, um, mm-hmm. it's really just me, Paula, and Jennifer. Um, <laughs> as far as, you know, as far as my, um, as far as my team goes, I guess you'd call it. But, uh yeah. Now, your we, parents you know, are we, part of your team. About, oh, your yeah, parents are sure. kind of part of you because because they are supporters. So tell yeah, us tell definitely. us a parent story where they did they went above and beyond, and that was the moment you realized, wow, they believe in what I'm doing. Honestly, um, we got a garage out here. Mm-hmm. It's a garage. It's more of like a shop. But we treated it like a garage before a shop because my dad would always park, like, his Jeep in there or something. But anyways, my dad completely, completely got rid of his man cave tool shed shop and turned it into a music room with a stage and and um, pool table and all that kind of stuff, you know. And he built it with his own two hands, and that was really kind of one of those wow. moments. You know, he built it for a place for my band to practice, you know, mm-hmm. comfortably and all that. And, um... Yeah, you know, that was really kind of one of the moments wow. that I, you know, that I was, I was thinking, dang, you know, he really does. <laughs> For a man to you know, give man up his man do, cave, I mean, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Which is still a man cave, you know. It's got the pool table, it's got a ping pong table, it's got a TV. Yeah. So he, yeah. he still likes to go over there and, and uh, you know, watch the Cowboys, Cowboys either win or lose on, uh, on Sunday. <laughs> but, 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 uh kind of a band cave though i guess you could call it yeah <laughs> a band cave yeah exactly <laughs> you know and because you're talking about family here we we are basically a family affair here with our show we always like to bring our 8 year old um who likes to ask one question to each artist on so he's going to come on in just a second and when our little 1 year old gets old enough we'll probably be plugging in two people then <laughs> yes sir <laughs> yes sir <laughs> Okay, here's Christopher. Hi, Eve. I want your favorite food. 
Christopher, my favorite food has got to be tacos. I love tacos. My mm. mom makes some great tacos, um, especially when you can get some Taco Bell sauce and, uh, you know, just take you some Taco Bell sauce from Taco Bell and, and put it on your tacos at home, and it's, it's, it just makes for a really great taco. Either that or pizza. It's a close tie. A pizza. His is, his is pizza. Pizza's your favorite? <laughs> What's yep. your favorite kind of pizza? Cheese pizza? A pe- pepperoni. Pepperoni. I like pepperoni too. That's my favorite. He <laughs> <laughs> comes and goes. Yeah. <laughs> he loves to be part of it though. <laughs> but, but you know, yeah. something I've learned through the years is no, it doesn't matter what you're doing in life. If you want to inspire passion and purpose into your kids, you need to allow them to watch you live yours out. And that's what we're trying to do with this yep. show and other things that we do. Cause he's mm-hmm. got a, because kids have a front row seat to what, what you do. And that's all we're trying to do is give him that springboard so that when he gets older like you are, that he can follow his passion, even if we disagree. Yes, <clears throat> exactly. Because I don't, want you know that, that, I don't want to stop him. If, 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 if yeah. he feels God led him there, if he says, look, this is what I feel like I'm supposed to do. Who am I to say it's wrong? Yeah. And, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's something that kind of hits home with me because um, mm-hmm. it's no secret to anybody. I mean, well, people might not know, but people that like y'all that are familiar with the music business, it, you know, it, it, it it's no secret. As an artist, if you mm-hmm. don't blow up, you don't make hardly any kind of money. You know what I mean? Not nothing yeah. to, to brag about for sure. But at the yeah. end of the day, you know, what's more important, being happy and following your dream or making more money? Well, to me, Probably. being happy and following my dream is way more important than, you know, than money. I mean, of course, you've got to pay mm-hmm. your bills, but, but at the yeah. same time, you know, if you're, not, if you're not happy with what you're doing, then, you know, then that's not, that's not good. Um, yep, exactly, and that's why we do this show. I mean, again, the show we're doing, we're just like you are. We don't make money with the show right now. We hope to yeah. one day. We hope to be like a Bobby Bones mm-hmm. show or a Ty Bentley show. That's yeah. the ultimate dream is to be the big yeah. show. Um, but we And then we have a ton of sponsors. But right now we don't have no no sponsors, no nothing. You know, in fact, we're pouring money into this every month. And so we're, you yeah. know, we're not even break, breaking even. So we understand where artists are coming from because we've got this vision. We do side gigs to keep us afloat while we're trying to build we this do. brand. Um, but we – we get where y'all are coming from because we're living the same life y'all are living right now. Yeah, We're, fi- we're trying mm-hmm. to balance everything, trying to find a way to keep the roof over our heads, trying to find a way to still make money, and then at the same time trying to build a brand that one day hopefully can make <laughs> us our income. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and um, you know, that, that is – that's the exact same – that's the exact same as every – as every you know, every person uh, in, uh, that's an artist, you know, that's still, still trying to you know get their big break. You know, I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. just, it's just working. You know, the more, the more you try, the you know, the better it's gonna, the better it's gonna get. I always, I always think it might be slow, yeah. but it, you know, it, it definitely does get better. And, and you talk about slow. I remember one of the best advice I got right right before we launched the show. I asked a friend of mine from Nashville, what advice would he give us on this show as we as we begin? And I think this works for any art. And really, this is probably great advice for anybody, but especially for any creative person, whether it's a hosting a show, 
whether it's being an artist, um, anything like that. But he said, just be and stay authentic. He says, you could tell every Bobby Bones joke or every Ty Bentley joke, and let's say you can even pull it off, and you create a fan base. <clears throat> and he says, but the day's going to come when your authentic Chris comes out. He says, I don't care who you are. You cannot hide your authentic self forever. The day will come. Here's the problem. If you've created a fan base, when authentic Chris comes out, you're going to lose every one of your fans because they, they were never attracted to authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. They said, so if you, if you stay authentic with your show from the beginning, then the right audience will come. And he went on to say it might be a slow process, but at least the right audience will be there. Yeah. Yeah, and that you know, and then that's another thing as far as you know, I can I can relate to that as well, um, because you know, as a musician, you know, you try to find who you are in a way. Like, who are you as a musician? Because it's completely different mm-hmm. as as a person. You know, I mean, who are yeah. you as a musician? And you know, and it, it takes some it takes some time to really figure out who you are. And um, you know, at first, you know, I kind of especially like finding your voice. You know, at first, mm-hmm. whenever I'd sing covers, I would just try to mimic the original. Then I finally have gotten in the past year to where I just, you know, I, I've kind of found my own voice in a way. Yeah, and exactly. It, it's just it just takes a lot mm-hmm. of finding and a lot of searching and a lot. I guess people call it soul searching. I guess I don't know, <laughs> but I um, mean, it, it just takes a, takes a lot of you know just mainly just getting comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, not being afraid to you know to be be yourself. Um, exactly, but you know, as a kid, my mom, I remember my mom used to always tell me when because I went to a new school, like at the very end of elementary, and um, she used to always tell me, "Just be yourself, you know, you'll make friends." And you know, I'd always think, "Well, my myself sucks. I don't know how I'm going to make friends and be myself." <laughs> and, uh, but now I realize, you know, that that's that's the truth. You know, you can't try to be mm-hmm. someone you're not. Yeah, exactly. So, so, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive. Who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Oh, oh I got to – let me think. <laughs> oh. You know, um, I'm just trying to think songwriters right now. Chris Stapleton, for sure. Chris Stapleton. Oh, that would be awesome. He is a, oh, he is, yeah. he is a bad-to-the-bone song, songwriter. And mm-hmm. I don't I have no idea what I would want to write about. I, I would want to write about <laughs> – <laughs> I have no, I have no idea. Uh, I'd probably just tell him whatever he wants to write about. We'll do it. No, I, you know, I, I probably, if I got the opportunity to write with Chris Stapleton, I wouldn't want to do just your normal song about a girl or nothing like that. You know, I, I'd want to yeah. do something mm-hmm. deep, something deep. You know, okay, okay, this would be perfect, especially for the situation that I was in about six months ago with my buddy. That song. Mm-hmm. Drink a Beer by Luke Bryan. Chris Stapleton oh, yeah. wrote that song. Oh, I Chris didn't Stapleton know that. actually wrote that song. Yeah, he did. Oh, wow. So, um, and actually, that, if you that, listen to that song. one of my favorite songs out there. Yeah. Yeah, Chris really Stapleton, great song. Chris Stapleton wrote music for a bunch of Nashville stars before he got big. That's, you know, that's what he was as a songwriter. Yeah. But actually, mm-hmm. in that song, if you listen to the harmonies, you can mm-hmm. tell that it's Chris Stapleton's voice in the harmonies as well. <laughs> 
But anyway, oh, wow. but I'd want to write a I'd want to write a song similar to that, not necessarily that no. same, you know, yeah. melody or anything mm-hmm. like that, but just something more more heartfelt, you know, more of a, a serious song in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not just something that you're just trying to make money off of. I'd want to write something that actually meant something to me and to other people. But um, yeah. but yeah, definitely that Chris would... Stapleton. So if he was in front of you right now, what would your first question to him be? Oh man! Um, <laughs> do you want to listen to my song "Kick It"? No, I, 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 <laughs> no I'd, uh, I'd probably just ask him, man, what, what made you keep, what made you mm-hmm. keep going after music? Because he didn't get big until his late thirties. I mean, yeah. he was a good, yeah. well-known songwriter, but um, he's he's you know he straight up said most of the time throughout his twenties, you know, and I'm just twenty-one. And he said throughout mainly his entire twenties, he was just doing, you know, just just the old honky tonk bars, and you know his songs really weren't going nowhere, and and you know, and I kind of think like, dang, you know, like if I get to be in my upper twenties and it still ain't doing nothing, I'm probably going to go ahead and, and you know, and, and call that a wrap and just do it for fun. But but now he stayed with it, and it definitely worked out for him uh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Which so is strange because cool. you normally don't. You normally don't see yeah. people mm-hmm. at this day and time blow up in their late thirties, early forties. You know that really doesn't happen anymore. But it it, it did for him. Yeah. He, uh, he kind yeah. of broke a lot of the modern rules. <laughs> so, <laughs> and and you know Ashley McBride's starting to blow up now, and she definitely is not your cookie cutter country woman artist. Oh yeah, <laughs> like yeah, like yeah. out there <laughs> and. And, and, you know, so there are a few people that are starting to break that mold in country, and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, it's a great thing. And Texas country, you know, and, and I've heard plenty of times that people from Nashville absolutely hate Texas country. Texas country. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, Texas country has kind of got that thing going for it too, you know. They're kind of starting to bring yep. back that 90s, that 90s sound mm-hmm. and, um, and even some of the look Texas at, look rock. At, look at Cody right Johnson. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And then, but but I like mean, I was saying, even some of the Texas rock right now, like I'm not mm-hmm. sure if y'all are familiar with with Reed Southall, or um or mm-hmm. maybe Co Wetzel, but um you know they're mm-hmm. kind of bringing back the the '90s rock in a way more Reed oh, Southall wow. than Co. But um huh. but yeah, I mean there there's you know Texas has this movement going on right now. It's kind of bringing back the more of the turn of the century, I guess you'd call it, type music. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if, if it, cool. I don't know if it's going to, I mean, I don't know if it's going to break into the mainstream. Um, I mean, it's doing mm-hmm. big things in Texas. But uh, but still, though, it's really cool to see, you know. And it's, it's, yep. it's, a, it's, a new, it's a new type of music that's, you know, that I, that I definitely appreciate. Yep. <clears throat> so I'm about to ask a question. And I've got a purpose on the way I ask it, and I'll explain that right after I ask it. Um, okay. If you had a magic wand, and what you're about to say would 100% come true, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it in that way, I want your mind to open. I, I don't want just the – I just want to play music that most artists would say. Here's why I want you to think. February, this past February – made the five-year anniversary that we asked that same question to Kelsey Ballerini. She knew where she was going. The answer she told us back in February of 2015 
is almost to the T of what she's living right now. That's power. And I like to bring up that story because I want artists to realize a lot can happen in five years. She blew up after that and all that. So that can happen. So if all bets were off, where do you want to be in five years? Yeah, in five years, you know, um, being being that the that the good Lord would let me do it uh, in five years, I would love to be. I mean, broken into the mainstream. You know, I mean, I feel like mm-hmm. every every artist does. You know, every artist that that has ever really pushed their music. You know, they all have that same goal. I mean, five years from now, let's see, I'll be twenty six. That really be the prime as far as my, you know, the good the good age entered the mainstream goes and yeah mm-hmm. i mean I'd, I'd love to and five years from now this this would be a good good thing to i get i guess kind of give a standing point on it five years from <laughs> now i want to be making my first album for a major label that would be awesome that'd be awesome if i had a, my, if I had really a magic awesome. wand that would be what i'd be doing <laughs> That's all you'd really need right there. You're set with that, you know, if they're pouring money into you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, um. so let, let, let's say that you had a friend of yours. And let's say you heard them sing, and they've got a great tone to them. And let's say that they, um, they have something special. You, you can tell that there's something about them that's different when they sing, and you like what you're hearing. And let's say that they haven't done many shows yet. You know, and this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. And let's say that they get on stage. They've played 10, 20 shows maybe, and they get on stage, and they look over the crowd, and the crowd's cheering, and they got that stage bug that every artist says where they just know this is it. And they come to you, and they say, Levi, I've got it. I got that stage book. I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Run, run. It's a trap. No, <laughs> I probably, <laughs> no, I would definitely tell them. I would definitely tell them to, um, to keep, uh, you know, I, I would probably hook them up with some of my, con- with some of my connects as far as, um, booking goes oh yeah i forget mm-hmm. i forgot to mention my team as far as some some people that do booking for me i completely forgot uh there's a guy called yeah. rock house productions here in marshall and um mm-hmm. he books basically all of east texas and yeah he's definitely on my team too his name's mr mr yeah. casey pickney he's, awesome. a, he's a great guy but anyways i'd probably hook him up with some of my um you know some of my connections as far as booking goes to help him book more shows um mm-hmm. i would uh tell him to start writing music i'd probably help him write some music and then i would uh you know i would tell him to go to the same you know to rosewood studio in tyler texas which is where i went and record his stuff mm-hmm. um you know if that's really what he wanted to do i mean yeah you know i mean that's kind of the same route that i'm taking but you know as of right now you know it, it's 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 been working pretty good for me so that's you know that's really the only that's really the only advice i could give him is something that that has worked for me you know and that's um, great advice. It's, it's very specific. Yes, I love that. Now, yes, so as we get to our last question here, um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? 
Oh. Let me think. Probably. Mm, man, that's a good one. Probably. Um, <laughs> probably something to, as as a. Uh, how did you break out? That's a good one. How did how did you break out? Like like as far as how did you get your music out there? Mm-hmm. That's um that's, that's yeah. a good one. You know. Because people, you know, people don't really realize the struggle of booking your mm-hmm. first show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially, in out, yeah. well, I mean, first, second, third. I mean, just breaking out. You know, because yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how it is where y'all are from, but here in Texas, you know, the music industry is definitely a click. Even even in local scenes, you know, you got all these well, bands that well, have been playing well, for years they, with the here same. Here they pay like 50 bucks a night. Oh, well, they don't pay that yeah. here. <laughs> they pay, they, they pay, they, and it still ain't the best, but they still, they they pay a lot better here. It's normally like six hundred a night. Now, granted, there are some places anyway, that bring in bigger artists. They may pay better, but but I know right. that that's I've right. heard that there are a few places here. Now, like this could be wrong, but I've I've just heard that there are a few places that because they got such a big waiting list, they've dropped it to almost nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much the same thing here. Well, see here, and that's what I was talking about, the click. There's plenty of bands that just don't ever get into that click, and they don't really ever make anything out of it. And uh, I was yeah. fortunate enough, mm-hmm. I got to play at a festival in, in, um, called the Boo Rally, a big oh, biker wow. festival. And, and the guy that does 90% of the booking, Mr. Casey Pickney with Rockhouse Productions in East Texas, mm. was there, and he loved me. Instantly, boom! I'm in the <laughs> click. I now I'm playing every every weekend, twice a weekend. See what I'm saying? As is yeah, that's before, awesome. it yeah. might have been just once or twice a month. And um, yeah, but it's just that that's the hardest part is is is, is building up your shows. Um, yep. When you don't have just the biggest name in the world, you know, and people might not know who you are. You know, you've got to. I mean, you just got to make a good. I mean, it's just it comes from all over the place as far as good reputation for, you know putting on a good show, um, having a good attitude, just having a likable attitude, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's so tough. It's like a science. They should, they should teach it in school. I mean, it's, it's just so hard, honestly. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so as we finish up here, tell everybody how they can reach you. You can reach me by, um, Facebook at Levi Pilkington music and also on Instagram at, uh, Levi.Pilkington. Um, the only reason there's a dot in there is because I used to have another Instagram and I got kicked out of it for some reason. Somebody hacked my page, but but anyways, yeah. Uh, Levi Pilkington music on Facebook and then Levi dot Pilkington on Instagram. Um, and also, you know, my I have an album, uh, Texas Kind of Night is what it, is the name of it, on uh, all digital platforms. And you know, the song that y'all played earlier, Kick It, it that's the the main single on the mm-hmm. on the album. So you know, mm-hmm. if they want to check out my check out my stuff, you know, they can go to iTunes, Spotify, any of them, uh, any of them major platforms, and give it a listen. Yeah, and, and you know, we enjoyed having you on the show today, and we look forward to having you back yeah. down the road. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I, I I I really look forward to coming back. Y'all, I had a good time talking with y'all. All right, we we look forward to, it and you have a blessed day. Yes, sir. Y'all too. Thank y'all for letting me on the show. Right, oh, thank you, you for being here. Thanks. Right, bye. bye.
Hey, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Go check him out and all that. And I'll be tagging his fan page within the link and stuff on Facebook. But again, as always, tomorrow we've got two shows coming at you tomorrow. We got two shows coming Tuesday, and we got two shows coming Wednesday. So the beginning of this week is going to be really busy. So as always, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>